say can't be done. We've got a long way to go and a short time to get there. I'm eastbound just like a bandit run. Keep your foot hard on the pedal. Some tell the mind it breaks. Let it all hang out cause we got to run to make. Welcome to Highway Freaks, Real Truckers, Real Life. And tonight, your road dog, Bright Eye, welcomes the new road crew. All five of us, we have standing by, Amazing Angie. We have RV Lisa, Wayne and Will, J-Man the Snarl, and of course, yours truly. So, without further ado, we're just going to get right into it and ask everybody how their week was. And let's start with our latest to the group. RV Lisa, how was your week? Uh, I'd say on a scale of one to ten, ten being the best. Uh, probably about a two, frankly. About two so out of ten. Two out of ten. Can you elaborate? Sure. Well, I uh, last week had a uh, regulator for my RV regulates the propane, that is my RV. Uh, that froze over and. Uh, Sometimes you're able to save them, but this was older and was not able to save it. Ordered one off of Amazon, and it was declared, and this is part of my, one of my topics, my disdain for United Postal Parcel System, UPS. Um, it has been declared undeliverable to my address three times when they've delivered packages to this address for the last five years. Um, I had to find one here in the city, which was a feed in and of itself, and got that today. And so now I finally have heat by a propane. And, uh, I was fired yesterday. Ironically enough, we had that discussion two weeks ago. So, oh, yeah. From one what happened? What was, what was that about? Uh, well, we heard from, uh, South Weather here, uh, two um, yesterday it was, the night before where it was rainy and then it was snowing and then it was rainy and snowing. Um, and I don't drive into work. I either take a Lyft or an Uber into work. I don't use a bus near here because it doesn't open early enough for me to get into where I was working. So I had to be in by 5 a.m. 5 a.m. Uh, we have a meeting before our shift and then I started at 6 a.m. Uh, so Previous Friday, we had a snowstorm, and it was bad driving. Couldn't get a Lyft or an Uber driver um, to save my life. I ended up having to wait until the buses were running, took a bus in, so I was late. Um, and this is a newer job that I had, so I was within my 90 days, and, uh, okay, I was late. I kept them abridged of everything going on, Hey, I'm trying to get a driver, can't get one, blah, blah, blah. And screenshots of everything, so I'm not being you know, a lazy bum and deciding I don't want to come in. Anyway, so I get in, I work my shift, get a deal. Well, yesterday, as I said, it was the day before, the night before, uh, we were getting rain and then snow and rain and snow. I mean, the roads were sheer ice. There were no Lyft or Uber drivers to be found. Um, I had booked the bus, I was going to get in late. Even the bus system here in all the suburbs and Minneapolis-St. Paul area, they suspended service. So those were down till 10 o'clock-ish. I get in, 
and I work my pretty much my whole shift. Like that's when my uh, only break that I had because we were busy running some stuff on my line. And they called me into training, and they said, "We know you tried. We know you have all these screenshots. You tried to come in, end up coming in. I guess a lot of people don't when something like that happens. They don't even bother coming in, which is weird. But anyway, um, so they're like." We're, we're separating from you. Sorry. And that was it. Like, we're, se- we're separating from you. I've never heard of that one. <laughs> wow. Yep. I'm sorry that yeah, happened yeah. yeah, me too. So, yeah, it's been But I well, have other jobs. I have uh, some part-time gigs and stuff like that. And so, yeah, there you go. It is, what it is what it is. There you go. Oh. Let's go to Amazing Edge. How's your week, Edge? Oh, my week was pretty good. I'm, you know, I was able to make supper a couple of nights. Uh, so feeling a little more intense and, um, I tested out trying to walk, trying to bear a little bit of weight. Um, and I did. We will see. I go next week. So next week at this time, let's hope I am free of the cat. And because it's been nine weeks, I am so done, so done with everything in regard to my leg. So next week, we'll see. Well, good luck. I'm good. And Will, how are you doing? Well, the last couple of days have been absolutely amazing, with the exception of, you know, parts of today. I, uh, me and my girl needed a, needed a break from the city, ended up going to Banff, going to the Banff Hot Springs, enjoyed it up there. It was actually, uh, pretty relaxing however you know there's uh, always got to be that one one guy that you know tries to start something hey you know i was uh i was i it got me pretty agitated to a point where like i i, I was about to take some charges in Banff, which if you know anything about like Banff to calgary or whatever those charges would be a lot more serious down there than they would here so um out of respect for my for my girl i uh didn't uh didn't do anything but you know um people have this like superior uh, superiority complex and it's it's uh extremely annoying when you know you uh the experiences especially from young the younger generation but um we went to Banff and experienced beaver tales for the first time and and yeah it, it, fast forward to to today you know um which uh, i mean hang on, I, I, hang, on, hang, on hang on what's a beaver tale you have you never had a beaver tail. A beaver tail is is basically uh, it's basically dough that is fried, and then after it's fried, there's butter that's put on it. There's uh whatever else. Usually, like like the original beaver tail is made of uh, uh cinnamon and something else. But I ended up having a, a score beaver tail, and it was it was really good. Um, yeah, it um so you know. Down there, we actually uh, experienced a couple of things, right? Like, I, I had no clue. Like, uh, I, I, I risk, you know, um, getting the conspiracy theorists involved right now. But, you know, I have to say this. It was in Banff. It was in front of me, man. There's literally lodges all over, like, Calgary, Edmonton, Banff. And uh, we happen to be at Lodge Number 5. Now, it's a Mason Lodge, like, three Mason. So it has the, the 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 masonry symbol or whatever. So, you know, the 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 trip was amazing, but there was a couple of weird things that that, that ended up happening. 
you know, fast forward to uh, today now, and uh, well, anyone that's looking for extra money should should really think about doing uh, skip the dishes. But me and my girl, you know, we're doing it, and there's 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 restaurants, you know, there there's some that are good and some that are bad, and I, I happened to experience a really bad one today, which made me uh, late. So, um, you know, they, they didn't have their stuff together or whatever. But uh, if you're wondering, on a, on a minimum, for four hours of work, you're looking at between 100 and 150 bucks. So um, it, it, it's actually not a bad gig, uh, especially for part-time or even full-time. What is that? What is it you're doing? So Skip the Dishes is basically like a delivery system. So you, you sign up for the app. And um, they pay you now. Now, see, there's two different ones. There's DoorDash and Skip the Dishes. I've done both. I will say this right now, hands down, Skip the Dishes is far better than uh, DoorDash. And um, okay. I've never uh, heard of Skip the Dishes, so I didn't know what it was. Oh, okay, yeah, it's basically like a, a freelance delivery system. You, you're on this app, and the app sends uh, deliveries to you. You accept them or you don't, right? Gotcha. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, you make pretty good money doing it, too. Okay, G-Man, this is Carl. You're on stage. What was your week like? Ah, it was okay. The weather has been insane. Um, I've noticed that in the last, ah, I guess since the middle of December to now, the storms have just been intense, like intense. Um, California is pretty much flooding. <laughs> I, think they, I think they got their... Uh, that's where you are, right? You're in California tonight? Yeah, I'm oh. in California. I am about just south of Los Angeles. Okay. Now, like I said, the weather's just been insane. Uh, I, uh, so much rain. We'll talk about that a little later. Okay. Unless, oh, unless you want me to go into it now. I think people would like nope. to hear about your week. Well, it, it's, it's probably one of the most... <laughs> I, I, thought, I thought last week was, you know really kind of vicious on me. Um, this week, I think, is... I can't even find the word. Um, because it started with uh, Bumpy getting safety in Langley. And then, all of a sudden, a truck was found for me, and I had to go searching for two trucks after I had done the wonderful trip across the Coquihalla from Langley to Calgary. I did that actually four times this week, by the way, um, thanks to my surgery, which we'll get into my day surgery very shortly. Um, but anyway, I found the ultimate truck, and then I said to myself, self, what are we going to call this truck? And I looked around, and I saw the word Highway Angels on a sticker, and then I saw this above saying 145,063 miles in a big huge, massive, Carl. Wow, I just had the epiphany. I'm going to call it Carl. And that's what I did. But now, I've got to take all the crap from Bumpy into Carl. And that started on Sunday at 10 o'clock in the morning. It didn't end till Monday at 3 o'clock in the morning. And thank God we have this wonderful platform where you just line up one truck to one side and to the other. It makes life so much easier. But then, of course, because I had this day surgery coming up today, I had to uh, go back and forth over that god-awful mountain and um, go through that god-awful Rogers Pass, and I'll be talking about the history of it now in another podcast. 
and uh, or I had to basically defeat fog, traffic, ice, snow, idiot drivers, uh, animals, um, you name it, I tangled with it. So then, of course, today happens, and the night before, I grab myself a cold. No, it's not that stupid thing called the crack. No, it's just a damn cold. And I just knocked myself out with Tylenol called cold and flu, and um, that's why I sound a bit rough. But now the freezing has come out, uh, and now it's even more funner to talk to you guys. So I'm not my usual joyous bright guy self today, guys. So you'll have to uh, bear with me and maybe have a little sympathy for this guy. So just a little, Ange. I know you're an eight. No sympathy. Just a little. No sympathy. Ocean Blue from a previous company I worked at because uh, the truck was just such 
it's a beautiful looking truck and um, definitely a herd truck. There's herd trucks and there's heat trucks. Would you not agree, Jay? No. Okay. Your opinion doesn't know, but I'm the, I'm, I'm the, I'm the traditional. Um, yes, I know. You are. I but then again, you the are so traditional. The reason, the reason you name trucks or cars female name because if it has tits or tires, you're going to have trouble. That's why you get female. Okay. <laughs> That's well said. <laughs> okay. Oh, actually, yeah, I got I to gotta watch. I got to change that. I got to change that. Boobie or tire. Oh, not allowed to say okay. that. Now, I'm not allowed to say Hey, there's some more about moving. If it's uh, something that starts with a C or tires, you're going to have a name. <laughs> right. I knew, I, I, knew, I, I knew she would pipe up. I, I knew it. That's why I said it. Here's the other thing you got to look at, guys. Here's the other things you have to look at when you're initiating a vehicle, okay? You have to look at the, lo- the, the slip lines of the vehicle, okay? Does it have a feminine or male look to it? Is it beefy or is it prissy? Um, the colors, okay? Uh, I was uh, actually doing some research today, and here's the myth of naming a vehicle. Now, if the gas cap is on the passenger side of the car, what do you think? Is it a female or male, Ange? If it's on the left side, I would say it's a female. It's a female. And on the driver's side, it's a male. So, with that logic, that would make all big, great trucks transgender, wouldn't it? Okay. Oh, caps are on both sides. Pretty weird logic, right? That, 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 that. <laughs> I know. The moment you realize <laughs> We're going to get... Okay, now we're going to have the gay community after it. Well, that's okay. They're, they're more than welcome to listen to our podcast. We, 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 we love the gay community, too, because, you know what? Number one, we, we put out rainbow uh, pylons to our gay community. So that's not a problem. Well, we have no problems with that. But the Germans... Now, here's where the real started. Back in the 1940s, the Germans named their tank, and they named their tank after which animal? Does anybody know? Anybody? Yes. I'm German, and I don't even know this one. <laughs> really? Wow. How about you, Ange? Lisa? Um, not a hand. Okay, Jay, you've got to know this. I have no idea. Big cats. You know why? For ferocity? Propaganda potential oh, okay. and the relationship with military history. Give you a good example: the 1944 Tiger 205 tank. Okay, right. But right. The when the Bismarck, when the Bismarck sunk, that's when the Germans said, "Oh, oh, hang on here. We can't name, we can't name our our our, our vehicles and stuff. Uh, we got to start changing this. We got to make them more male-dominated names. And uh, you know, females they would have to use." Uh, the, the males got to use female names, and the, the females got to use male names. So, but this is a lot of bunk, and I'll tell you why. There's an owner-operator named Sammy Lloyd, and he runs a YouTube channel, and he calls his 10-word 900L L May. And the reason that he calls it L May is because he's classy in a classic. But on the other hand, Daniel McCarthy named his 2019 Peterbilt Charlie Brown, in homage to the cartoon, the cartoon character. But no matter what life threw at Charlie Brown, he stays positive, determined, and honest. So this is why Charlie Brown was named that because the truck is brown. So also the paint jobs on the rigs can depict the names as well. So as a good example, if you had a big blue truck, and what would you name the truck? All blue. All blue. If you had a red painted rig, what would you name the rig? Big red. And if you had a lime green truck, well, what would you name the lime green truck? Big green. 
green machine. Oh. Right? And one more thing. If it's yellow, what does it often get called? 99% of the time, old yeller. Old yeller. <laughs> and a lot of truckers I agree with that. I disagree with that. I, my last small truck was a, what was it, a 2000 Toyota 4Runner. And it was okay. not a subsidy. Um, it was named Thor. My grandfather's name was Thor. And so, it, for some reason, I don't know why, it was in a feeling. It reminded me of Thor. So, that's what I named it. Um, also, guys name their trucks after animals and birds, especially truckers. And obviously, common names are rubber duck, gray eagle, right? And, of course, a truck can reflect a few bumps in the road. Now, I'll be the first to admit this. When I first got bumpy, prior to getting bumpy, I got this thought, well, let's name it El Diablo. And I got numerous people saying, you know that means the devil, right? You know that truck's cursed. Oh, no, 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 this truck's great. Oh, this truck's awesome. That truck was on a tow truck, on a tow hook every three months. So before it was bumpy, it was El Diablo, and it was truly a cursed truck. So sometimes names certainly reflect the personality of the truck, and it was the most truck I ever had in my entire life. And that's, that's why it become Bumpy the Lemon, or as Rachel called it, my granddaughter, Grandpa's house. Grandpa's house. So, so what I want to ask you guys, go ahead. I agree with you on that one. My, uh, my Subaru started off with one name and ended up with another. Okay, what's that? Uh, it started off with the name of Sybil. The Sybil? Sort of had multiple, yeah, sort of had multiple personalities. It was a little bit Good so one. It was a, yeah, it was a Subaru. And uh, then it ended up being called the Chariot of Satan. <laughs> That's a good one, too. I like that. Yeah. I bought Chariot that car, and in the two and a half years I owned it, I spent twice as much repairing it than what I bought it for. And I swear to God, there, that thing was, it, uh, it was the Chariot of Satan. It was straight from my life. Or, or you could have said Satan's Chariot, too, right? So, okay, do you have one more? Uh, yeah, well, the trailer, um, the RV that I live in, is called yes. the Doghouse. Okay, well, I think I can guess why. Two dogs, right? Well, dogs in general, but yes, exactly. Doghouse, I love it. That's great. That's, that's, that's good. Okay, well, hmm. you have a few vehicles. What did you name them? <clears throat> well... I had one. Uh, it was a '97 white Chrysler, and I named I named her Big Bertha. I'm about to. I'm sorry if I offend any uh, any Berthas out there, but uh, I named it Big Bertha because it was old. <clears throat> it was it was big and it was ugly. Okay, I'm just gonna be straight up right now. And um, you know, actually, um, there was a red truck involved in in in, in one of those one of those scenarios too, and. Uh, we called that one the uh, Big Red Machine. <laughs> big Red Machine and Big yeah. Bertha. And for those Berthas out there, we are not uh, Bertha. Uh, we, do, we do not support Big Bertha. We support Berthas. <laughs> All right, Jay, what's your uh, truck's name? I'm curious to know this. Well, this overwhelming bucket of crap, I call it truck, because it is so slow. Um, it does probably 
probably zero to 60 in a month of Sundays. When I'm pulling a hill, when I'm pulling a hill with an empty trailer, I got to get out and help push. It's the worst truck I've ever driven, power-wise, power-wise. I have a solution. I do have a solution. You know I do. I know, I know, I know, but I don't I don't really want to give this one up because this one's so plain. You know, it doesn't have all the cameras and all the nonsense on it, so I just got new tires. Let, let me enlighten you guys road through why Jay does not want to get out of that truck. Okay. Um you got new tires, yes. But there's this thing that we have called a radar system. And he doesn't have nowhere near the additional things that we have. But here's the funny part. I was telling him about my TV because it gets what we call air channel. And all you got to do is hook up a cable cord to the back of the TV, do a search, and you pick up air channels wherever you are. Because, you know, we're in North America, we're, we're in the United States, we're in Canada. It, it never, it doesn't matter. We will always pick up channels somewhere. If we don't, then we just put on our, our DVD players and watch whatever. But he says, and I thought this was so funny. You know, how do you do that? I said, you just disconnect the cable. I said, and he says, and you get channels. I said, yeah. I said, he says, well, I won't be able to do that. And I said, well, just get your cable cord. He goes, well, I don't have a cable cord. Well, I and I said, well, so, so he says, I guess I'm never going to watch cable. I said, well, here's the solution. Get out of the truck. Get out of the truck. <laughs> so we'll see. We'll see as we progress if Jane will decide to get another truck. Why not? So, why not just go and get a pair of rabbit ears? Oh my it's God! Dumb. I'll pay. I'll pay. Yeah, and he probably puts it on his head. Well, he will be. I do. Be on the I do. I, I all my hats. All all my hats are lined with uh. Who are you, buggers? Reading my mind. I'll bet. I'll bet. I'll bet you have. You have the implant from the alien. That you just had taken out, so I expect them to be visited very soon to reimplant that. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> I, I, I got an alien. Oh, oh man, it was, it was, it was, it's, it's, something, it's something like out of the movie Alien. I'm telling you, it was, it was, it could be. Uh, but anyway, so what was the other truck there? I had a blue Peterbilt that was named Pamela. Um, why? Well, not for why? me. I, I didn't name it. Um, the, uh, there was this girl I was uh, running around with at the time. She named her Pamela. Pamela Peterbilt. Oh, okay. Uh, All right. I, I did. Uh, well, I got two more. One, I, one I forgot to tell you about. One was a, uh, I had this ugly 77 Brightliner cab over it. I mean, this thing was ugly. Um, I called it, I called it lightning. Okay. Why? Well, I, I don't know if you'd Remember the old three, the the the, the old Detroit, the eight B ninety twos, the silvers, and the oh, yeah. you know the yeah, green yeah. leakers and all them. Okay, I may have well, given those an H and R. Okay, my truck would easily. Well, my truck was uh, a four seventy five Detroit four hundred and seventy five horse until it saw a hill, and it was like three midgets chase pushing me up up the hill um, because they were a two cycle oh, engine. Well, they were a two cycle engine. So they were they were long legged. I mean, you could get a hundred miles an hour out of it without a problem. You hit something like the Coke, ten miles an hour up. Okay, and so one more you said. You had one more. And it, I had a 
I had a 69 Kenworth that I called Gertie. Gertrude. Gertie. Gert? Oh, Gertie. Gertie. I, thought you said, I thought you said dirty. Nope. Gertrude. Gertie. It had huge, big, big, big power. It had a 220 Cummins in it with a 5 and a 4. Couldn't pass cool. anything. I hated it. I hated that 5 and a 4. Everybody ran to the race with twin sticks. You drive in town. You do town work with a 5 and a 4. You'll be, you'll hate it. Well, that was then. But I mean, it, 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 was a, it was a nice truck. I mean, like, driving-wise, it was a very comfortable truck. But it, um, uh, it, it just needed more power. It was, a, it was a pretty little truck. There's only one vehicle that I could think in particular. I had a 77 Malibu Classic with the sharp windows that had, you know, the big, oh, they were cool. big block. Yeah, they were cool. And I named it Samantha the Snake because when it took off, it just literally was like a snake. And anyway, I still remember the bumper stickers. I will never forget them. One said Maniac. That was because I mean I got many speeding tickets with it. The other one, and I laugh at this one to this day, said still horny after all these years. <laughs> so with that note, we'll be back after this message from Spreaker. And we're back. So uh let me tell you about the names of my vehicles. Honestly, I really never did name my vehicles other than my very first one, which was uh nineteen seventy eight Ford Granada. It was Candy Apple Red. I bought it when I was 15, and it was a beast. It was a huge boat. We could, I know that I fit 11 of us in that at one point. And, you know, there was a lot of crazy stuff that happened in that vehicle. Like, it was a lot of fun. And, um, you know, I had the one vehicle that uh, was built on a Monday morning or a Friday afternoon. It spent most of the time in the shop. When the left signal light does not work, you keep going in to get it replaced over and over again. Like, come on, there's something wrong with that. Uh, you know, call it lemon, I guess. But I honestly, I have a, a blue Wando, and it's a 2016 blue Wando. So, which I call it? Wando? Ronnie? There you go. So, uh,
squeezing, heaviness, tightness, or pressure. In women, the pain is actually more vague, by the way. Uh, chest pain or discomfort that is brought on with exertion, and then it goes away with rest. Now, if you have shortness of breath, difficulty breathing, nausea, indigestion, or vomiting, sweating, cool, clammy skin, fear, anxiety, or denial. Now, I always remember this acronym called FAST, signs of a stroke. FAST stands for F, face, is it drooping? A, arms, can you lift them? S, speech, is it slurred? And T, time to call 911 now. That is basically um, your sign of having a heart attack. And I would also suggest, and my mom put this on my truck, and I never would have thought of it. You always say aspirin, but you know what? It's hard to chew aspirin because it doesn't taste good. So if you want to get in your system really fast, baby aspirin. And we'll do the same thing, and you'll be able to get it in your system, and you might save your own life. So that's all I have to say about that, Angie. Um, can I just say a little story about baby aspirin? Sure. When I was four years old, my aunt had bought a large bottle of baby aspirin. And I thought, and one of my cousins was sick at that time, so he had been given a baby aspirin. And I was like, I want one. So she gave me one. And I was like, oh, this is candy. She left the room. I climbed up, got it off the fridge, and ate the full bottle. Full bottle minus two aspirin. Yes, I was rushed to the hospital. They popped my stomach out, the whole bit. And you know what? I'm 54 years old. I would still, still eat a baby aspirin because to me, they're candy. Okay. Wow. That's, uh, that's alarming. <laughs> but it still may save your life. Yes. Yes. So, you have some more topics to talk about. You want to tell us about your first topic tonight, Angie? Yes. Um, so, tonight, I want to talk about uh, now, Brian and I were talking about it earlier in the week, and my husband was sitting beside me, and we were talking about all the things that go on with truck drivers. Now, he's an in-city driver, so there's a difference, huge difference between Brian and my husband. So, my husband has had a few incidents within the city of uh, people coming in to either time school his truck, and, you know, he's in the back got the tailgate down, he's you know, going back and forth, uh, delivering into stores and everything else. And, you know, then he feels some uh a truck movement and he's like, Oh, something's going on. You come around the corner and see something going through his truck when a school thing. And he had these gifts stolen from him. And he has had um death threats. He's had someone threaten to follow him home and burn our house down, just crazy things that are ridiculous. But within the city, it is very dangerous. We've got drug addicts that are looking for their next fix. We've got people that are desperate to just get some money so that they could, you know, get a place to stay, whatever. So I then brought it up, Brian, Jay. What are the dangers that you guys endure? Like I was thinking, I know that, you know, lot lizards are really have gone to the wayside, but you still would have people that are, you know, 
poking along, trying to, you know, checking out the, the trucks to see if they welcome you guys. Because, yes, this is your home away from home. And, you know, you might have valuables. You will have some electronics or even seeing your batteries and things like that. And Jay, or um, Brian was like, well, I'm big three. I'm a big boy and I got a big ass dog. Well, okay, great for you. But there are other people, other drivers that don't have that. You know, they are, you know, five foot five, five foot six, and they don't have a dog or whatever. Um, so what do you do? You, uh, in Canada, we can't carry guns. We're almost um, handcuffed, let's say, that we're not allowed to have a weapon to protect ourselves, which is ridiculous. And, um, but what do we do? And also, I want to bring this up. Jay and Brian, you both have your dogs with you when you're out driving, right? Most times, you have a sticker on your window that states that if you are in a medical emergency, it will state dog, name of the dog, or whatever? No, I don't. Never thought about it. I have something on my front door that if ever something happens and I'm not at home and there is an emergency, they know that there is a dog in my house and his name is Kramer. So if they have to break down the door, that, yeah, there's a dog here. That is is a really good idea. That is a good idea. Yeah, I, yeah. Well, let me know if you want me to make you something like that. I can make it off my cricket and, you know, it's... You, you know, that's, that's, that's a good, good point. Because I have seen trucks, and it's actually very common with companies. Um, they will have stickers on the sleeper on both sides stating that it's a team operation. And one of the, what, one of the reasons that's for is if the truck flips over and the driver's in, there's another driver that needs to be taken care of as well, so they know. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's actually a good idea. I agree. Mm-hmm. How about you, Lisa? Did you have any weird things going on in the RV park? Um, actually, about two summers ago, where, where I have my RV park now, it is a, kind of a tucked away little corner. Um, I mean, even with the address, people... Delivery people have a hard time finding it. And then when you get to the address, we're kind of like an apartment building. We all share the same address. And then there's nine little cabins for RV spots. So you have to have a unit number. And it's at night, very dark, kind of secluded. Um, there's a creek that runs behind the trailer's um, wooded area. And um, RV parks in general can kind of be known for having people to wander through them because you never really know, you know, who's in the RVs and people come and go in regular campgrounds all the time. And one thing that a lot of people don't realize is in the world of RVs, the manufacturers, there's only like four types for the door lock. That's it, four. Um, And then there's a master key that will act just like the four keys that there are. So it would be very easy in general to break into an RV. Um, so where I was, you know, now, uh, about two summers ago, uh, I, I don't know, one, one thirty, somewhere in between there. Um, my one dog, Guinevere, is, uh, she's very quiet. Unless she senses something and sees somebody 
like all the people in the world, you guys just all live in the world, I'm the only person in the world. But if she hears something that she determines to be dangerous, then she makes Kujo sound like a pussycat. Because she heard something at night and literally jumped off the bed through the bathroom area into the front room. And she was in front of, I have two doors in my 32-foot trailer. And uh, she was going nuts. And I heard people outside. It sounded like three guys. At least three. There might have been four. And I heard one of them go, oh, you know, oh, shit. We're not going in there. And one guy's like, yeah. And he tried the door handle. And it didn't open because I always keep a lock. And he tried, I'm assuming he probably had gone down to one of the RV places and got a blank key and had it cut as one of the, you know, four RVs, maybe it would work. Or maybe he had a master made, that's possible. Um, but it didn't work because I have changed my particular lockout to a lock that is not anything like the four RVs that there are uh, a long time ago. But on top of that, he um, and the other whoever, how many people were there, um, heard Guinevere on, you know, Yes, crazy. And uh, then, of course, Camelot started barking. And Camelot is a, we see the purebred American football terrier. There's anything mixed in with the American Bulldog. One of yours is an staff Daffy, with either Italian Greyhound or regular Greyhound. So, uh, I mean, they sound, you know, they sound like dogs you don't want to mess with. And then I heard them, you know, hey, let's get the hell out of here. Apparently, they had gone around all the cabins and all the RVs and tried to get in. and what have you, but my dog scared them off. Um, I've had other instances in other parks as well. Uh, staying at a casino RV park one time, and uh, people go through, you know, just like at houses, you know, in parking lots of cars, and they just try to handle it. It's unlocked, they'll go through and try and see what they can get. Um, the other thing with these guys, when they tried trailer, uh, that they heard aside from the dog barking was uh, me racking a Mossberg, and that's a very distinctive sound when you rack around through a Mossberg, so you know what that sound is. Most people, you know, they're going to break into a house and stop and be like, oh crap, it's the wrong house, let's go this way. That's a gun, right? Somebody. You're talking about a gun, right? Yes, yes, yes. So there's a long barrel and, uh Don't, miss, don't mess with RV Lisa. That's the moral of this story. No. No. And personally, I mean, I carry concealed anyways. I usually carry uh, gloss, but I have other um, guns and so forth that I keep with me. And, um, you know, in America, yes, you can do that. And what have you, this is my home. So, yes, I can do that. And uh, I'm, I'm sure these guys thought differently about, you know, coming through the park at this one anyway, or at least my trailer in the particular park, if they were going to try it again, because, you know, the alarm system, dog went off and then they heard my reaction to it, so yeah. Um, well, I know a gun. They know a gun lives there. That's why a gun lives in your in your place. Right, exactly. And you know, I'm I'm a I'm I'm a military brat, and I mean, my dad was you know World War Two, Korea, Vietnam, blah blah blah. So my my upbringing was you know first ask questions later, and if anybody is going to come out in the end, it's going to be me and my, you know, family, quote-unquote, friends, whoever's with me. Because you're going to break into my house, you're, you're doing so with negative intent, and I'm not going to take chances. So, 
we have a new nick for, nickname for for uh, Lisa Jane. Shotgun Sally. Oh boy. Shotgun Sally. Shotgun Sally. You gotcha. I knew you'd come <laughs> come up with it. <laughs> okay. But well, Alba Will, have you had any life threatening things happen to you? Okay, so I I, I have a couple of stories, but <clears throat> I'm only gonna stick to, to to one short one. Okay, like um, so I have I have a perfect cr- a criminal record, right? Like. I, I, I have never been arrested and stuff, but um, I used to do dirt for a lot of people. And we had uh, we had a couple of guys try to break, uh, well, try to raid us. And we had a uh, dog save us. And, you, you know, we, we never had, like, um, uh, issues with police or anything. But um, I do know on the road, um, uh, my mom has uh, been saved by uh, her old dog, uh, Cherokee. as um, Actually, no, it wasn't Cherokee. I think it was Whiskey. Um, it was a black lab. She was uh, driving in New York. She was getting ready for a shipment. She had stopped. And, like, she was getting ready to uh, drop it off, like, the load off the next morning. And uh, her truck was suddenly surrounded by uh, 20, 20 to 30 uh, gang members. And they were all trying to get in her truck. And they they were not just trying to get in her trailer, but, but her windows and stuff until, you know, Whiskey came down and you know, um, <clears throat> whiskey ended up uh, launching out the window, and then you know, uh, all all of them luckily ended up leaving. But um, I do have to say, like, I, I, I yeah, I, I do believe that truckers need dogs. Like, it's not like just emotional support. Like, they protect. They 100. percent And and doesn't matter what the breed is. Like, I'm 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 done with that bullshit statement of of like, oh. Only the Rottweilers or the or the pit bulls are are, are prone to this. No, <laughs> every one of those dogs are prone to it. It's just like you, you know, uh, mess around and find out. You know. So um, yeah, that is my hey, story. Good. Hey. So, uh, Jake, you have a talk yeah. tonight. There, snarl. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Which one do you want to hear? Whatever floats your boat. The nasty, nasty, nasty weather sure. that has all the climate people freaking out like it's never happened before. Californians, man. Well, they've been in a drought for a long time. I don't, I don't know exactly how many years it's been. Probably got to be up around 10. Um, but it, it's pretty much over now this weekend. Uh, <laughs> they have been pummeled. Um, the whole Western United States and Canada, like Vancouver, has had unbelievable snowfall for uh, December. Uh, I mean, usually they don't see that kind of snow, and they sure don't see it every week. Um, Vancouver's got flooding. I don't know about now. Uh, I'm sure you've seen out in the Fraser Valley when you went through there that all the all the farmlands underwater, and in California. Uh, I've hit, oh, heavy snow, intense rain, uh, rain that was coming down so hard that I had to stop. I couldn't, I, you, my weather. You, you told me, told me you even argued with the state trooper. You got balls, sir. Oh, I'll, I'll argue with him. Well, tell me what, want to tell our freaks what you did wrong. <laughs> over, over the chain, over, um, what, is it the wall about the chain, chaining up? Yeah, tell that story. Well, the road is pouring freaking rain. Okay, it's rain and snow. And I just stopped. And he wants to know why I blew the chain up area. Chain up area. Uh, all 
chain-up area. Mm-hmm. Even seen a chain-up area. And you can't go, you got to put your chains on. And I basically told them to go to hell. DHP, I'm not putting my goddamn chains on. I'll have no chains in 10, mi- in 10 miles. It's a wet road. And we argued and argued. I thought he was going to shoot me or arrest me. But uh, he eventually just uh, let me go. Uh, but he pissed me, right? Like, it's, in California, they leave it to the discretion of the officer. So if you get an officer officer that's scared of weather, he's going to try and enforce ridiculous, ridiculous. Now, earlier in the day, yeah, I probably would have had to chain up. But by this time, oh, 90% of it was gone. It, the road was wet. It wasn't icy. It was 40 degrees Fahrenheit by this time. This guy was just being a frickin' asshole. And he let you go? He did let me go. Well, I, I was demanding that he bring it. If he wants to pursue this, then you get your watch commander down here because it's a portion. Wow. That, no. That's uh, um, that's that's now, that guy now, now, if all fight with any of I don't care. If you're wrong, you're wrong. And I'll call you. Um, I don't usually piss around too much in the States because they just shoot you down here. But, um, no, this guy was way out of line. He, like, he even singled me out. Like, there's a truck full of but he parks me, pulls me over. And I think the reason he did it is the name on the door. That's, you know, some California, they hate us Canadian drivers. Well, they hate truck drivers anyway. But when I, right. when I threatened to, when I threatened to call his commander, I was, you know, bullshit. Like, catch your, you catch your boss down here and we'll, we'll see what happens. I've done it in Canada. Um, I just flatly refused. Right. Okay. So other than the flooding, anything else to add to that? Well, <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Uh, the, uh, um, I did a little research on that uh, uh, Minnesota uh, fatigue law. Now, <laughs> oh, the Minnesota fatigue checklist. Oh, my God. I could not find the checklist. Okay? But I was, reading some, I was reading some of the court documents, and these guys look like a real bunch of clowns, you know. Um, like uh, everybody, everybody sues them. Sues the state of of, uh, of Minnesota um, because this was an un. There was no scientific anything behind. No, no medical facts. No, none. none. No medical facts whatsoever. And like, um, what they did is they trained these officers um, and they gave them this list that uh, I could probably get if I applied through the, um, what do they call that, the Freedom of Information Act in the United States, I could probably get it. Um, I'm not going to bother. Yeah. It take too much time. But they gave them these questions, and what they would do is they would ask these questions and make up their own uh, their own. Can I add to that? This guy was, yes, yes, you can. Can I add to that? Because I, 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 have, I have the facts right in front of me. The state of Minnesota, you driving while fatigued rule, states if a truck driver has a cell phone, TV, or reading material, the driver can be placed out of service or fatigued for 10 hours. If the driver's bed is made, trash can, or ashtray is full, he can be placed out of service for 10 hours for fatigue. If the driver is, is uh, if, if, if the driver is agreeable to this, he's actually fatigued. If the driver doesn't want to take part in the fatigue survey, the driver can be placed out of service for 10 hours because he or she must be fatigued to take the study. So basically, under Oida's lawsuit, which went to court, only a fool would go to Minnesota at that time because there was an 
but I like one person. I like one person in it, and I'm talking. She's on. Uh, she's on this podcast. So that's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> I don't know. I've, 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 I've met some. I've met some. I've met some interesting people there. Um, but then again, you know, I, I, I don't. Uh, well, I don't really hang out with the law. So, so we will take a break, uh, and then uh, we'll come back with his talk. We're back. And um, I had day surgery today, guys, and it was something that has taken over two years to get on the surgery list. And out of the blue, about two months ago, I got a phone call saying, we're going to schedule you to finally get rid of that lump behind your neck. Now, about three years ago, it started as a little cherry, and the size of a, a cherry. Well, when they took it out today, if you take a look at the Facebook post, you'll see that sucker is about the size of a small apple. And it's, I call it the red alien because it just looks just nasty. But anyway, I'll, I'll speed up some things in the interest of time. Um, I got to the hospital, um, got parked at the parkade, and uh, put my Visa debit card into the uh, machine and it declined it three times. So I said, to hell with it. I, I don't care. I'll, 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 I'll forego the ticket. Went up and, um, my appointment was for 11 o'clock. I don't think it got done until somewhere around 1.30. Cause I had to wait in front of about another 20 people that had all kinds of interesting ailments from broken thumbs to, uh, cancer in the leg to, and this was all minor surgery. It kind of blew me out of the water. And the one guy was so mad, you know, another two months of this effing stuff. I can't believe it. I'm like, oh my God. And he, they literally had to wheel him out. Like, uh, like God, you got to leave. But anyway, so I get in there and um, said, how are we going to do this? So Nurse Lisa, who I'm giving a shout out to right now, and Dr. Kirkpatrick um, were the two that were involved. And I met him a year and a half ago. And, uh, I was literally in the same waiting room when the stupid COVID uh, pandemic happened and basically the hospital administrator decided to be an asshole and cancel my surgery. So that's why, how he remembered me. He goes, yeah, I remember you now. He says, uh, how big is that? And I said, uh, it's pretty big. And I said, yeah, it sure is. We got to get that out of there. So I laid down on my stomach on the gurney uh, and put my arms on the side and then he had three pillows and he put them under my stomach and he goes, no, no, that won't work because uh, we can't get out your neck. He goes, can you put the three pillows up by your neck and then hang your head over? So it's like, okay. So I put my three pillows, I hung my head over and then he started to put this extremely freezing cold iodine because I'm uh, apparently I'm allergic to rubbing alcohol. So he had to use this and oh my God. He said, well, close your mouth. And then he put it, he put a, a, a cover over my head like a tent. It was like a puff tent. And, um, and the neck was exposed. And then he said, no, that won't work. You got to take your shirt off. Great. So I had to do it all over again, take my shirt off, start the whole process over again, do the whole thing. And then he put the, the puff tent back on my head. That's what we call it jokingly. And, um, then we're ready to go. So then he said, okay, this is, this needle, you only deal with it. So he put it in and then I felt another needle, and then I felt another needle, and then I felt another needle, and I thought, holy crap, man, how many more of these? And um, he 
said, well, that should, that should work. So I thought, okay, four needles. That's I can handle that. So then he started with the laser. He started doing the incision. And um, he said, just let me know if you feel it, and I'll put another needle in. Well, by the time it was done, because I could, I started to feel the laser and smell it, too. I said, no, 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 no. I said, it's not froze yet. So he put in another four. So altogether, it was eight. It was eight, nine needles, actually. And um, then he started to uh, cut with the laser. And at that point, it was okay. I could smell it. And I could see all the, the wonderful colors on the floor of the iodine and uh, mixed in with a little bit of the blood. And then he said, God, this is really hard to pull out. And he said, oh. He said, this might take a little longer. So an hour and a half later, he finally pulled it out. And he goes, you want to see it? said, sure. So I said, get my camera. <laughs> so, yeah, I took a picture of it. It was the nastiest looking thing I've ever seen. He stitched me up and the dissolvable stitches. And he said, now, you know, the freezing will come out when you do your start, when you start your podcast. I'm going to tell him about Highway Freaks podcast. So if uh, Dr. Pat- Sir Patrick is listening, um, I again, I give you a shout out for excellent work. Excellent work. Um, and stitched me up, and uh, yeah, I was on my way home, and then I realized I had to basically get my truck registered because I hadn't moved back to Calgary since then. That was fun. Take a number and wait for 55 minutes. But Uncle Joe's, I got to give them a shout out because they make the most amazing donairs you've ever seen in your life. Donair was the size of a meal for four people, and I ate that thing. I was starved because I hadn't eaten up since eight o'clock, just in case it was an anesthetic I had to have. So it was a precautionary move. And then I uh, went to a little few grocery shopping, came back, saw my band and took them out, and the rest is history. But uh, I'm a little stiff, but uh, it was definitely a procedure I don't want to go through again. And uh, if you guys want to see the pictures, they are on Facebook, and uh, you can make your comments as well. Other than that, uh, yeah, things are just going swimmingly now. Um, a little bit of discomfort, but all good. I'll take some call in all, and we'll be heading to Green Bay, Wisconsin tomorrow. So, Will, you have a topic to talk about. Yeah, um, first I would like to add that uh, my girlfriend actually has to go through the same thing uh, next month. Uh, so, it's uh, very interesting to uh, find out what you're going through right now. Well... Take a look at the pictures, by the way. Oh, I, I, I did. I actually showed, I actually showed her one of them, and uh, she got completely grossed out. <laughs> and it I'll was, bet. yeah, it was the one with it, uh, with, with, with your, um, with the lump cut out or whatever. Oh, I thought it was the one with the beady eyes looking at you when you had it in his hands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, I did want to get into uh, postpartum, but I don't know if we'll have time for that. So I'm going to get into something that's affecting everybody. Um, and it is the uh, flights that have literally been canceled all over the world right now. And it's due to um, a, a file within within the, da- the database being corrupted. So somebody, del- I, I don't know how it happened. I, I mean, unless it's an inside job, conspiracy. Uh, you know, it, it, it's probably somebody that you know, hacked into their systems and messed around with their file. Um, it was apparently a very easy uh, security vulnerability. But um, there's passengers right now, and um, if any, any of them are listening to this right now, uh, you all need to uh, ask for the, the privacy agreement and the policy because 
each airline will have a different policy. But uh, in the fine print, if you uh, if you ask for the fine print, a lot of them will actually have to reimburse you legally. Um, I think it's three times the cost of the flight, plus hotel stay, plus your meals, plus all this other stuff. And that right now, the, the airlines like are afraid people are going to find this out. So they're, they're finding loopholes right now so that they don't have to pay these people. So these people are literally losing out on on uh, on a bunch of money right now, and it affected like almost every single airport worldwide. And right now, like like they they know what happened, um, and it's been fixed. But now because the flights have been canceled, people are delayed, and everything is delayed. So the next coming, I don't know, seven to fourteen days are going to be kind of for a lot of people. And by the way, it's it's the um the FAA that had got hacked and if you don't know what the FAA is, it is basically an administrative it's actually called the Federal Aviation Administration. So uh somewhere within their, their database it, everything got affected and I don't know. I personally like wouldn't fly for the next well until April around springtime. Because they're they're going to be going through a lot of legal battles and and they're they're going to be trying to pull some shady stuff right now and yeah I, I I don't know it's um it's it's very taxing for the people that are uh, stuck at the airports right now with uh, the flight company saying hey there's nothing we can do actually no there is in, in your fine print legally you have to not only pay them back but pay them back uh, like I said so, some airlines are, are different two to three times the amount you paid for the ticket plus the room. And right now they're they're only trying to offer uh, rooms and vouchers. Like what 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 is a voucher gonna do? Like I I don't understand this, but yeah, that's my that's that's, that's my topic. Wow, just another way that the airlines are screwing people because they they do all the time, all the well, time. Well, see, and and like, this is this is stupid because you would think that in, that that the airlines would care about security. Their 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 main focus, I, I like anyone that goes into an airport knows that their main focus is security clearance. Okay, so if you're doing physical security clearance, why aren't you doing uh, digital security clearance too? Like, I uh, like as in like making sure uh, all, all, all of your digital architecture is up to date and uh, unhackable, you know, because <laughs> now, now there's companies that are losing millions because of this. And, you, you know, the airlines are like, oh, well, it's not our fault. No, actually it is. Kind of like the pilots, right? You know, I mean, pilots get paid insane amount of money. And God forbid if they, you know, they're found drunk, they just get suspended with pay. It's crazy. Yep. And then they're able to work on, on uh, you know, either the next shift or get hired onto the other company because that, that company passes them off. Exactly. Exactly. So, kind of like truck drivers. You're never out of work, are you, Jay? Oh man! I, I, like a pilot. Speaking speaking of truck drivers, did, did you guys hear about the, about the Tesla truck that actually had to had to be towed away to to the um to to, to the uh, receiver? No. Yeah, yeah. So so I I'm against electric cars because I I mean that's another subject. They they like ruin the environment so much more than any gas or diesel powered vehicle ever will. And anybody who doesn't understand that needs to do some more research. But these trucks are literally not only blowing up, but they're they're literally stalling on the side of the highway. Kind of like wow. a freightliner. <laughs> well, you know what? I just heard this. This just blew me out of the water. Those uh, hybrid cars, when their batteries go, I cannot believe this. This is shocking itself. 
actually it costs $18,000 to replace the battery. Because uh, a person in Edmonton just had, to, had it happen to them after having the hybrid for only a couple of years because the warranty was up. And they had to pay $18,000 for a new battery. So this, don't tell me these things are great. No, and, and, and you bring up a good point. Do you know why it costs so much, though? Just the, the, the reason why it costs so much is because just for an electric Tesla car, okay? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read to you some stats real quick. For uh, for one battery, it takes, uh, you, you need to process 10 tons of salt for the, for the required lithium, 15 tons of ore for the required cobalt, 2 tons of ore to get enough nickel, and 12 tons of copper ore in total. You have you have to process 200 tons of soil to make a single battery, and that's just for a vehicle. It does far more harm to to to, to our planet than diesel and gas ever will, because you have to dig for that stuff. Yeah, like I I mean yeah, sure there's fracking and and, and they go down, but they're only taking one element, they're like well one aspect, which is you know the oil. They don't have to dig for you know uh, copper ore or you know like any of that stuff. Do I do I believe there's a better way? Yeah, it's called an H2O engine. It's already been invented. <laughs> works on water. Yeah, it works. It, it works on water. It runs on water. And how come they're not selling it? Well, you, you know the the original inventor, ironically, uh, had the uh, you, you can this is readily available on Google too. You uh, you can search it up. The original inventor actually um, had his in, uh, the blueprints for his uh, paperwork stolen. And then, ironically, died later on. There's a whole biography on him where, where, where he's saying, oh, these people are after me and all this other stuff. Now there's there's other people that have gotten a hold of those documents and have created their own H2O-powered vehicles. You can find this on YouTube. All right. Right. How about you, Ed? You got anything to add to that? Well, when you think about it, how ridiculous is it to drive a battery-operated vehicle in your sweater? What's the worst thing for batteries? Weather. We're... Freezing and cold over here, majority of the time. And so, how far can you go on one of those markets? So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I actually heard about the costing that much. Yeah. And I did hear about how much a battery is uh, to be replaced with a Tesla. And it was like, what's the name? Yeah. And, and I, even the, the hybrid, every five years, you have to replace it. And it's like eight grand. Yeah. I think. Yeah. And, and and now you guys know why because it it, it takes so much um, substances to, to make it up. They literally have to tear apart the earth to make one battery. It's like it's like the death. It's like the death. My biggest pet peeve: the death is supposed to be environmentally friendly, but yet the containers that the death come in are actually you cannot recycle the containers. And all of it is kick test, uh, you know, picture and basically and water. And yet, the containers you cannot, absolutely cannot, uh, recycle them, and they end up getting uh, put in the landfill. It's, it's ludicrous. It, it makes absolutely no sense. Just like electric cars, they're they're not ready yet. Flying cars are not ready yet, and um, we should just stick with what we got. I'll take my 2011 Dodge Ram any day of the week, and I'll put it in front of any of these stupid hybrid cars with these stupid bright lights, and usually these stupid foreign drivers driving them. Stupid, stupid, stupid. Yeah. I just alienated all the foreigners. But you know what? It's usually yeah, the idiots that are driving those. Yeah, well, it is usually the ones that are driving them. And they usually can't drive them worth a shit. Well, and because they can't drive them worth a shit, how many of them blow up? 
you know? And, and, and then they're like, oh, electric vehicle this. Yeah, you're dead, bud. You can't talk. I have had, as I'm sure we all have, many a dealing with the beloved brown truck, UPS, and both personal and in business. And I swear to God, it is easier to give yourself a freaking root canal successfully than dealing with UPS customer service. How is your company that day that sends packages all over the freaking planet screw something up so badly? I do not understand. And I've had to deal with them when I worked with Sleep Number. I had to track down a package for a customer that had fallen off the truck and was in the corner of the garage. And somebody found it like four months later. Like, did somebody not notice a package sitting in the corner for four months? The love of God. What is going on with one of the two, and I say UPS and FedEx, probably are the top shipping companies in the world. It, 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 is, it baffles me. Can anybody explain this? Because anybody has experience. Well, I actually have a really good relationship with my um, UPS driver. He knows, being that I have a small company run out of my house and everything else. And so I do have a lot of things being delivered to my house. And, you know, I've had problems. And he's on my doorbell. And, you know, I'm out in the garage. And I could, you know, I could hear the doorbell going off on my phone. So I'm like, yes, he is. I'm not sure if this is for you, but it's got a company name. I'm like, what's the company name? And he says it. And I'm like, oh, that's me. Yeah. So just leave it. I'll come by and grab it. He's like, oh, okay, okay. I I love my UPS driver. Do I love my HDL or my Amazon drivers or my FedEx guys? Not so much. Other than the fact that the FedEx guy does uh, ring my doorbell, whereas other people, they just... I have seen them huck my packages on the onto my front step, and it's like if that if it's breakable, you, you just broke it. But whatever. Um, I I have a good time with my uh, UPS uh, correlator, not so much. I I fight with them, and like it it comes down to I've gone all Karen. I want to talk to your supervisor, and right. gone all the way up the ladder and. I've had no success. So if I can avoid them, I do. Yeah, my, my, my experience was with FedEx, but um, they, uh, they, they used to, well, my, when my mom owned a business, um, they used to deliver to the door, and they would deliver, like, glass pieces. So, like, we would sell glass jewelry. And I remember getting uh, one shipment, and, I like, this this was a big shipment. There was, there was like, a crate of boxes. And the whole crate had had been literally just, crunched right in there there was um there was a lot of damage and uh fedex ended up having to uh replace everything well i can add to that what bugs me and i've seen them actually on my street i know carol has seen them a lot is the people that follow the amazon fans and i mean they literally follow them i don't even know why these idiots that that are delivering these packages are so oblivious to what's happening as soon as they leave they are literally pulling up, grabbing it, and go. And those people need to have the worst punishment imaginable because I cannot 
understand that. And it's happened to me. I've ordered Amazon products and they've been stolen, stolen right off the doorstep. Well, anybody else? I'm going to interject for for a minute here. Um, I do know that uh, at at one point there was there was somebody busted in Calgary, Alberta, for um, actually hacking into their system and uh, doing where all the uh, um, all the tracking were going to. And you, you know, uh, sometimes it's an inside job, but other times it's um, like these people actually. You know, there's there's one of three scenarios, right? Like you said, they they follow the vehicle. Uh, the second one is, you know, they have an inside source, and the third one is obviously they they knew how to exploit the system in a way that you know because they're criminals, man. This is what they do for a living, right? They're they're not just some people who are gonna steal like uh, just a fifty dollar object and you know call it a day. No, these are people that'll actually go around house to house collecting all these packages, right? Until until they obviously yeah. get caught. Yeah. Let me interject, Will. Don't they have cameras that they can see behind the van that they know they're being followed? Come on. Yeah. If they don't, they need it. Yeah. So yeah, they they they, they don't. They not only not have cameras, but a lot of these these guys. I mean, if you've ever driven beside one of these trucks, you, you'd know. Um, I'm not gonna say all of them, but uh, some of them are are crappy drivers, and uh, they don't really pay too much attention to their surroundings. And you know, it's it's weird because like. Logically, if you see a car turning more than, you know, three turns, man, like, okay, well then, you know, keep an eye on it. And if you're not going to keep an eye on it, I mean, they, they, like, these drivers are basically like, well, you know, um, if, if it gets robbed or whatever, it's, it's company's problem, not mine, right? Yeah, that's true. And they probably don't get paid a great wage either. No, probably not. Okay. How about you, Ed? You got any final thoughts, any final topics you want to talk? So I was told about a daycare. Uh, my mommy actually called and told me about it earlier, and I'm like, oh, my goodness. So Calgary Day Home Shutdown by Alberta Government. A day home in Calgary Northeast has been shut down after children found a dozen violations of provincial rules. A day home in, uh, okay, so the Alberta Government website, Child Care Lookup Tool, shows daycare license was canceled on Friday. The daycare is said to have broken 12 government regulations, including rules around minimum staffing and general supervision, inflicting physical punishment and food and nutrition. In a statement, Kidsy says it's facing the consequences of a few few irresponsible staff members that were all certified by Alberta licensing to work in child care, who have since been fired. We believe parents and child care providers have a joint responsibility for the well-being of every child, and we will continue to play our part. Even after the cancellation of our license, we will continue to fight for every child to make sure that all responsible educators are recommended and their certifications are revoked. Closing a center cannot be the solution if the same educators responsible for the infractions are simply able to continue to work in child care elsewhere. The statement continues, which is true. So, you know, this is your career. You've been fired at one place. You'll just walk down the street and get into another place or open up your own day home. Yeah. Right? Uh, yeah. yeah. If, if I can interject for a second here, um, uh, there's an article that has a document, and, 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 and I quote, the document says, evidence confirmed that the physical punishment of a 12-month-old specifically and noted the child was shaking and slapped by primary staff and planned onto the floor. Jesus. Yeah, 
Just imagine what they're doing to, uh, they did to all the other kids. He slammed them on the pillows. On the floor. Oh, I know that. That's <laughs> that's that's horrible. Yeah, that's um. I don't know, man. I, and and to to think about how long this went on for, like. Yeah. Yeah. Was, well, um, you need more regulations for daycares, then, I guess, eh? Yeah. Well, you you, you know, um, here's. Here's the main issue that that I that I have with the story because because I did some research into it and ended up finding out that you know um, uh, day homes and, and daycares are supposed to have regular checks. Well, this daycare didn't have a regular check. In fact, when they went in to the facility, they they, they found that the the play area had been completely demolished. It, it wasn't safe for children to walk on. There were High chairs in in rooms without staff. They, there were kids left for hours and hours in those high chairs. Uh, they, then they then they would use that and claim that the kids fell out of the high chair. No, the kids didn't fall, like fall out of the high chair. It literally like you guys slammed this this kid against the floor. Like yeah, I don't know. Uh, more more checks and, and and all that all that fun stuff. Would, you know, plus it's sufficient, I guess. Can I intervene here? More regulations are the answer. Having bowls to start walking tricked up is the answer. Yeah, but I mean, if if if, if there were more like like uh, regulations to, to those checks, man, they, this wouldn't have went on for so long. Like apparently, this went on for a couple of years. Oh yeah, I, I don't doubt it. But I mean, you can have all the regulations in the world if your regulations don't have teeth. Yeah, it that... just it it, it 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 turns to a money grab. Yeah, that's fair. You know what I mean? Like, forget the fine. Start locking people up, like this person that abused this kid. Bye bye for ten years. Hard labor. Bye bye. In, in somewhat related, you hear about what happened in Nova Scotia, guys. This is a this is shocking. This 67 year old woman goes into the ER complaining of flu like symptoms, right? And um, she waits for seven hours. We're not talking one or two. We're talking seven. And then they pretty much send her home. And literally within an hour after sending her home, she dies. And I don't think there should be any excuse for that. I think that's really just poor medical system they have in the province of Nova Scotia. And um, apparently they're just basically a situation where there's not enough doctors and not enough emergency rooms and too many people that are having ailments, I guess, but, um, you know, if you walk in and say, my jaw hurts, I've got flu-like symptoms, and, you know, you're screaming about being in pain, and she can't see the doctor until the next morning, and basically she goes home and she dies. That is, uh, I would say, a pretty close to a malpractice suit, wouldn't you say? You know how many yeah. times how does that, how do I look that Well, it's our medical system. It's just... It, you know, everybody says Canada's got a great medical system. And for the most part, we sure kick the shit out of uh, the United States medical system. There's no doubt about it. I don't. I didn't pay $50 for Kleenex today after I had to blow my nose after you know, I was laying down in a weird position and, uh, you know, uh, shaking the shit out of myself. Uh, by the way, I mentioned, I didn't mention that. Um, I thought at one point I was going into cardiac shock because, uh, my God, man, I couldn't stop shaking. It was a reaction to the freezing. But, I mean, it's just, we do have excellent care. The only problem we have is the waiting list. The waiting lists are insane. Like I said, it took me almost four years for this surgery. So, I mean, um, that's the crazy part about it. 
I don't know what your waiting lists are like when you there, Lisa, but um, I do know that you pay through your nose when you go into a hospital. Uh, I had a friend, he passed away, but I remember he had a hernia operation and it cost him $14,000 right there and then. They, they put the bill on him and it took him over, uh, it took him about four or five months to pay it off. But that's just nuts, don't you think? Oh, yeah. It's, I mean, either way, whether, whether you have, like in the U.S., you know, where pay out the nose or whatever, and then, no, you don't have, you know, as long of a wait, but then, you know, again, the healthcare could bankrupt you, literally, um, or if you have a national healthcare system, but then, like, for you, you had to wait four months to get that done. What if that would have been cancerous and it would have... No, four years. Four four years, my dear. Four years. Yeah, four years. But what if that would have metastasized to, you know, lymphoma or whatever? So... I probably wouldn't be talking to you. Something has to be done worldwide. I mean, like, there is a particular drug that my doctor wants me to go on to add on to my current insulin for diabetes, um, which would be $700 a month. And so now that as of yesterday being that, you know, my health insurance will end at the end of the month because of my boss and my job, I will be able to go on this medicine because I don't know about you, but I can't pull 700 extra bucks out of you know, my butt every month just to pay for one medicine. So certain medicines, you know, because they, I get research and development and I get all of that as expensive and this and that and what have you. But, you know, look at insulin alone. It's been around for decades. There's no reason that they should have to charge so much for just straight insulin nowadays. It's been around for over, you know. Wasn't Trump going to fix that? Wasn't Trump going to fix that when he was in office? I thought he was going to. Yeah, he was fine to, but there were certain bills that he was had going that the, when the Democrats won and took over that they stopped. And did Joe, when Joe Borden became the state president, um, did he uh, did he shelve that idea too? Yeah, basically. So basically, it's, just, it's now uh, it's not even an issue until the new president comes about. And uh, I would say, right. and I, I probably shouldn't say this, but I'm going to say it right now, it's not going to be Joe Boredom and it's not going to be Donald Trump either. I'll tell you that right, right now. No, it's going to be someone so. totally different. And I think the guy's coming from Florida. You heard it here first, guys. Mm, I don't think so. Okay. Okay. And with that, we'll be back. So uh, uh, just want to let uh, you freaks know that uh, we now have a Facebook page called Highway Freaks, which, thank God, Will has created. And um, we are in the process of going to be sending invites out to people. Uh, our road crew, Lisa and Angie and Jay and Will, are also in control of it, as well as me. So if you post something and we think it's questionable at best or X-rated or whatever, we have the final say. But you do have the right to try and post something, and we'll let you know if it gets on there or not. also wanted to mention Bandits Road Days. It continues to be uh, my boy's site. Everybody loves it. You can join it for free. It shows his travels, 
and um, he's just a real great guy to uh, see pictures of because he just always has a smile on his face. And also want to mention about our upcoming YouTube, Tuesday, February the 7th. 2023, and we will all be live. Jane will be wearing a hat of sorts. Uh, I hope to be wearing some of the new Highway Freaks merchandise, uh, because we are going to start uh, probably selling our merchandise at the end of this month. Um, and I would also like to add, we are going to have a pet site coming up in February called truckerspals.ca where you can buy booties and you'll be able to buy clothes for your dogs. And why not? If your dog's out there and it's minus 40 below, he should have boots on. I keep preaching that and I'll preach it to the day mm -hmm. is over. Absolutely. And yeah. hoodies as well. And I know, Lisa, you probably bundle up your dogs in that Minnesota weather as well, right? Oh, yeah. Yep. I mean, yeah. aside from their service vests, they have various coats and raincoats. Yeah, 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 yeah. They love doing it. They love doing it. Bandit loves dressing up. He's got a green hoodie that he lives in. Uh, and then he's got undergarments and boots and everything. So, um, a shout out to Mutt Boots. So, this is the continuing saga of Jasper Stevenson uh, uh, from Temporary Satisfaction, the book I wrote on behalf of him. And we're going to chapter eight now. And the chapter is called Death, A Camp, and a Porno. So, we're going to carry on, and uh, hopefully you guys will enjoy this. Oh, okay. Hang on here for that. Okay, get to it. It just jumped. It just, it just, it just kicked me out. There it is. So, uh, okay, come on. There we go. Okay. All right. Here we go. So kind of dumb again. Jumped into that part out, but that's fine. Three, two, one. My girlfriend in that summer of 1979 was a very shy, reserved, blue-eyed, blonde-haired teenage gal named Carrie Mighton. Got along so well, and after that summer finished, we stayed in touch, calling each other after school. Would begin again in September. Tragically, I never saw her in person again. After that fatal month of June, Carrie Mighton was killed in a street car accident at the age of 16. She had been a passenger in a vehicle that hit a tree just off the 401 highway, and unfortunately, she wasn't wearing a seatbelt. When I found out about it, I really didn't know how to react to the news of her death. I mean, I was 15, and at that point in my life, I really never encountered anyone even close to me dying. So, I was kind of in a bit of bewilderment. I mean, I didn't shed a tear or even go to the funeral for that matter. I guess maybe it was the fact of my young age at that point and also the fact it was just a summer fling. Nonetheless, it was my very first actual experience with death and on the basis of how I dealt with death, that facet of life later on as I got older. On a lighter side of things, if a class clown had ever actually gone to day camp, my good pal Colin Nersavel was him. This guy was born funny, just to begin with, as not only did he resemble a young Will Ferrell, but he certainly had his wit and character. We were always daring him to do dumb things, too. And he not only did them, but he took things to the extreme. A good example of that was when Colin had grabbed a staple gun and actually stapled his left fingers together just to get a laugh. 
He's also a bit of a clutch to begin with, performing his endless pratfalls over large rocks, tree stumps, and even tables to be normal to us. Alas, the summer was over, and furthermore, I was quite happy to be moving on to high school and maybe make some new friends. As far as my sex education went, well, I somewhat stumbled into that by accident, really. I often think of the following Christmas where I received my real education with the help of a skin flick videotape. When Mom and Dad bought us Christmas presents, they hid them in the bedroom. Naturally, my brother Chuck and I went snooping around in the bedroom while they were working. It was there that I discovered my mom's sock dresser drawer, an old reel-to-reel videotape titled The Bride and the Groom. And I must have watched that silent movie at least 50 times on, on Grandpa Steven's projector. Actually, it was really just two people dressed up in a wedding dress and a tux, but they were in a hotel room performing about four different sexual acts. Truthfully, it wasn't that big of a deal. What's kind of interesting, though, is most of the surrounding neighborhood kids also received the start in respect education as well uh, by us. And by viewing it, they learned quite a bit. I always placed it in the back, back of the bottom drawer of my mom's dresser, so my parents didn't expect a thing. Next day, out of the blue, my mom presented me with those four books, from puberty to becoming a teenager. She and my dad didn't have time to teach us books back, so she just told me to read all the books instead. If I had any questions, then I will ask my mom, right? So if there's any queries, go ask your dad. That was my background on sex, and how I found out about it. So if my views were a bit stilted, that's the reason why. February started off with Super Bowl 16, 1980, as the Pittsburgh Steelers defeated the LA Rams to a 31-19 score, becoming four-time Super Bowl champ. In the United States, President Carter gave $1.5 million in loans to bail out the Chrysler Corporation. Mount St. Helens erupted in Washington, killing 57 people and causing $3 billion in U.S. damage. By the end of the same year, Carter lost to Republican challenger and former governor of California, Ronald Reagan, in a landslide victory to become the 40th U.S. president. Here in Canada, Jean Sauvé became Canada's first female speaker in the House of Commons. A related story to that was Canadian ambassador to Iran, Ken Taylor, helped out six Americans escape from Tehran, making him overnight news. They also boycotted the Moscow Olympic Games following Russia's invasion of Afghanistan. While Canada was officially adopted as the country's national anthem, the Supreme Court of Canada recognized alimony, which meant the equal distribution of assets in failed common law relationships. Acid rain became a serious problem, plaguing North America, decided only by an international joint committee between the United States and Canada, and Ontario began limiting its began liming its lakes to neutralize the acid, the acid should I say. The following month was my birthday, and I reached the age of 16, so it was time to attain my license. My dad, like all fathers, had dreaded this day, but knew it would come. So that day, he drove me out to the Blanford Mall parking lot, which was usually on a Sunday with the mall being closed. I passed the learners with keys, and now it was time to train in a much larger vehicle. My dad owned a jet black 1977 GMC pickup with four doors, big fat dual wheels on the back end, and one hell of an engine to drive. The power plant was a 454 with a four-barrel and dual exhaust, whereby the frame slightly rose for three feet off the pavement. It was a real gas guzzler, but super fast, especially when I put the pedal to the metal. Following my dad's driver training, I became more in tune maneuvering his truck, thus I enrolled in a driver's ed course. This was quite the experience, and one of my short little Ethiopian driver instructor, Mr. Bucket, wanted to forget. I'm sure I must have scared the shit out of this poor little tiny man, but I executed 
executed a murder on the 5401 highway one day. Oh, before I proceed with this little story, I must tell you something first. When you took a driver's ed car, no first spin, the instructor had a foot brake positioned on the passenger side of it for easy access in case of an emergency. The problem was, which I'm quite sure nobody ever researched, when they invented this device, they didn't take into consideration the extreme braking power that forced the driver's braking power, thereby making the vehicle come to an immediate stop. So, if I accelerated to, say, 75 miles per hour, get in the merge lane, and a semi-truck and trailer came up behind me quite quickly, then this might be dangerous. The real challenge was that my constructed passenger put their foot on the brake, all the while increasing the vehicle speed. What occurred next was I had fishtailed the car into the oncoming tractor-trailer. I mean, the semi-driver, blaring on his air horn like a madman, didn't help matters either. Good thing he knew how to swerve around us, hauling that 80,000-pound load. As for my driving instructor, Mr. Puckett, he suddenly took a leave of absence stress for the next week. From the moment I obtained my license, my dad stated I had a lead foot, and all that excessive speed would someday get me in trouble. Fast forward to the spring of 1980, when my dad gave me permission to drive his truck to school. The next morning, I was ready to drive to school as I had my license now. Plus, I was a freshman in grade 9 at Sheriff Park High School. However, my dad had his 1959 Thunderbird he drove to work. As long as I paid for the gas to put in his personal vehicle, I was allowed to use it for school purposes. Boy, did I look cool driving that piece of a truck, pulling into the parking lot with my brother Chuck and our buddy Len in the back seat. After school, I finished, I slid in it, I slide the cassette where I rewound it to the very first song, Red Riders Lunatic Bridge. If you're from the 80s generation, I'm sure you recall that song. Just as the drum beat hit and the guitar, the guitar licks ripped, I split, burning rubber out of the school, like all my foot to the floor, squealing tires, that sort of thing. The ironic thing was I was heading towards an intersection in about a block or so as I had to reduce my speed coming up to a stop sign. That thing had me slowing down, but if nothing was coming the other way, I gunned the engine across, burning some more of my gas tires, flying down the hill towards Brompton Park. I drove fast. There's no doubt about it. But my most impressive speeding ticket was coming soon. Little did I know. Furthermore, I had my license only for a short time, but I did a real stupid thing. Chapter 9 is coming at the next podcast, A Speeding Ticket of Epic Distortion.